From Southern California, this is Outlook in Review, a summary of world headlines, technology and business news, arts and entertainment features, and instructive encouragement from the Praiselite Media Studios, Thousand Oaks, California. Good day, it's Wednesday, the 17th of April, 2019. In one of the largest blows to Western history, architecture, and art in centuries, the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, France caught fire on Monday evening, burning out of control for several hours, completely devastating the frame of the building, as well as the interior of the world-famous 800-year-old Catholic Church and tourist attracts. As firefighters raced to control the flames and rescue priceless artifacts, they were were able, however, to abate the blaze before it compromised the iconic structure and bell towers on the front of the cathedral. However, the famed spire and roof collapsed into the interior, causing untold damage inside. During the blaze, firefighters formed a human chain to rescue some of the historical artifacts, and while some of the stained glass windows survived the flames, the Daily Mail reports that many of the building's stained glass windows, high on the northwest and south faces of the cathedral, exploded in the heat of the inferno. One fireman was severely injured tackling the blaze, but no fatalities were reported. It was not immediately clear what caused the fire. The Notre Dame Cathedral was undergoing a $6.8 million renovation project, with some sections under scaffolding while bronze statues were removed last week for work. This, according to Fox News and reports from France 24, state that the fire started roughly five or six minutes after the cathedral closed to tourists at 6 45 p.m. on Monday. French President Emmanuel Macron announced an international effort to restore the historical structure, and by press time, several large organizations had already announced large donations to the cause. Although it is always difficult to see such a historical monument or icon damaged and destroyed along with the incredible history, art, and architecture, from a Christian worldview the incident may bring to mind 2 Peter 3 when it states that in the end, the earth and its works will be burned up, and in this case, some things sooner rather than later. This world is not to be where we lay up our true treasures, and unlike the error of the Catholic doctrine, this building, although beautiful in an art and historical way, did not contain anything holy holy, nor did it contain anything able to grant salvation or forgive sins, as nothing in this world can forgive except Christ alone. No need for any confession to man, collection of artifacts for penance, or mindless actions seeking atonement. True salvation comes by grace alone, through faith alone, not of ourselves at all. It is a gift from God, not of our own works.
Bed Bath & Beyond has announced that they will be closing 40 stores across North America this year after declining sales reports and a low quarterly earnings. The company has 1,024 stores in the United States, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Mexico, but will also be adding 15 new locations, albeit somewhat different from their current store format. The new Bed Bath & Beyond Lab stores have a greater emphasis on home decor, food, beverage, health, and beauty care, as well as different layouts that aim to give shoppers better views of the merchandise. According to CNN, Bed Bath & Beyond has been struggling to compete with traditional retailers, such as Walmart and Target, as well as online retailers like Amazon. It remains to be seen, however, whether this new format that Bed Bath & Beyond is rolling out will rescue the retail chain. The success of the long-running 1967 TV series The Foresight Saga served as an inspiration to the president of Boston-based WGBH-TV, and he began to explore whether the British Broadcasting Corporation would sell programs to the station for airing in the US, programs that until then had been destined only for a British audience. This concept progressed rapidly, and after finding an underwriter in the mobile corporation, a producer at WGBH, Joan Wilson, bought the U.S. distribution rights for 50 hours of British dramas, for about $1 million per year. Decisions on the format of the show were finalized, and the series premiered on the 10th of January, 1971, with the first episode of The First Churchills as the pilot. The working title for the series had been the best of the BBC, but was changed before the first broadcast, and Masterpiece Theatre was born. The series was hosted by British-American broadcaster and journalist Alistair Cook until 1992 when Pulitzer Prize-winning author Russell Baker hosted the show until 2004. Airing on the United States public television channels across the nation known as PBS, Masterpiece Theatre introduced much of the nation to original British dramas, such as the famed Upstairs Downstairs, which might be called a forerunner of the Downton Abbey concept. Other shows included The Jewel in the Crown, Poldark, Jeeves and Wooster, House of Cards, the classic UK version, a Town Like Alice, and almost countless others. Upon Joan Wilson's death in 1985, Rebecca Eaton took over production, and while working with the BBC and ITV in the UK, continued to bring rich English drama to US audiences. Perhaps one of the most recognizable signatures of Masterpiece Theatre was the opening credits, which featured a panning scene filled with books, photo frames of movie and series stills, and other literary artifacts, many of which were associated with titles which had been dramatized on the program, all while Jean-Joseph Moret's Fanfare Rondeau played powerfully throughout the intro sequence. In 2008, the word theatre was dropped, and the show, now officially known as Masterpiece, was split into three different sections. Classic, Mystery, and Contemporary. Masterpiece Classic continued the saga of Masterpiece Theatre, albeit with many newer shows and dramas produced more with Masterpiece in mind, notably Downton Abbey, Victoria, and others. 
What started out as WGBH's Masterpiece Theater has entertained, educated, and inspired millions of viewers and has become a legacy of its own for bringing often rare and obscure treasures into the light for over 47 years. Perhaps around the time of Easter, many of us read the accounts of Jesus' last days before his crucifixion. But in one part of these accounts, we read an amazing story of denial and true repentance from sin. An example that when we realize our own sins, we should follow. As you may have guessed, this story is about Peter. But before he vocally denied Christ and the infamous rooster crowed, several warning signs from Peter, which lead up to his denial, should help us to understand more about how he, or we, could do something so contrary to our desires and resolve to someone we love so dearly. First, we see in Matthew chapter 26 that Peter grew proud. Maybe feeling favored or perhaps thinking of himself as the best disciple, Peter boasted that he would never fall away. Another warning sign is the fact that Peter flatly and vehemently denied Christ's prediction that he would deny him. Now, arguing with Jesus is never a good idea, and instead of humbling himself and asking how he could avoid such a travesty and serve Christ more faithfully, Peter trusted in himself, stating that he would never do such a thing. And then, instead of being on his guard against such a terrible foretelling of his own future, knowing that it would be true because that prediction came from Christ, instead of praying and seeking all the more as the prediction drew nearer, Peter slept while Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not only did he not keep watch as Jesus asked, but he slept slumbered instead of being on the lookout for physical or spiritual warfare. Once Jesus was taken, Peter took matters into his own hands and intentionally went after Jesus' captors, down to the courtyard of the high priest instead of trusting that God had all things under control. And as Peter tried to wait inconspicuously in the high priest's courtyard, on three occasions he was confronted by other bystanders and accused of being one of Jesus' followers. Peter, rather than being focused on Christ and trusting in his teachings, had taken matters into his own hands, presumably to watch the proceedings or perhaps even seeing if he could free Jesus or perform some other heroic stunt, seeming to forget entirely who Jesus is. And so, while relying and focusing on self, Peter's knowledge of Christ lapsed, and thus he failed each time he was accused of being a follower of Christ. And then, in one of the most poignant pictures painted in all of the Bible, Jesus turned and looked right at Peter when he heard the rooster crow after his third denial. Cut to the very core in an acute realization of what he had just done, a broken Peter went out and wept bitterly, as we read in Matthew chapter 26. The devotional strength for today describes it this way. Peter's tears were not merely tears of remorse. They indicated a true sorrow and a turn from sin. It was not until he saw Christ's face and remembered his words that Peter grasped the seriousness of his sin and repented. 
This is a profound lesson for you and me. Peter's sin itself did not cause him to repent. His forgiveness and restoration came only when he turned from sin to God. And after his resurrection, Jesus affirmed Peter's restored love three times, as we read in John 21. And 1 John 1 tells us that this gift of restored fellowship through God's gracious forgiveness is available to all believers. May we always commit our thoughts, actions, and plans to God throughout each day so that we may avoid the types of compromising circumstances that got Peter into trouble. And when we do stumble and fall, when we careen headlong into sin, may we immediately repent. May we recognize our sin and not only ask for forgiveness from God, but turn from these sins, place checks in our lives to avoid these pitfalls. And may we be always in God's word in prayerful communion communion with him and live each day to his glory, not our own. Thanks for listening to Outlook in Review. Contact us anytime with questions or comments. We'd always love to hear from you. We're on Twitter at Outlook in Review and Facebook.com forward slash Outlook in Review, where you can find information to various topics we cover on the show. Until next time from Thousand Oaks, California, I'm Ben Ditzel. This is Outlook in Review. Outlook in Review.